0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Jewish Reaction, presented by the OU, the Orthodox Union, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Eli Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yachad. Um, we have a full lineup of shows coming up uh, in the next few weeks, talking about, of course, Pesach. But we're going to be specializing and focusing on kosher food as... Uh, Yachat is an agency of the OU, as you all know, and of course the OU is most well-known uh, for its Kashrus department. Uh, we have a full schedule coming up uh, this week. We're going to be speaking with Rabbi Ellie Gersten, uh, the OU expert on general Pesach questions. Next week we will, we will be speaking with Rabbi Gabriel Price, who's the OU kosher expert on medications and vitamins and supplements. And then we're going to finish before Pesach on Tuesday, May, May, I keep on saying May, March, March 24th with Rabbi LF talking about what is the new and upcoming different things that are going around in OU kosher. So, of course, my guest this week is Rabbi Eli Gersten, who is the recorder of the OU Pesach and Policy. Rabbi Gersten, welcome to The Jewish Reaction. Thank you very much. It's so um, let's talk a little bit about you first. Just talk a little bit about your background, where you're from, what your background is and how you came... To the OU and to be the keeper of all Shilas.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, um, I've been here now at the OU, uh, seven and a half years. Um, I, uh, came here from near Israel in Baltimore. That's where I was, uh, living beforehand. And, uh, it's great to be part of the OU. It's a wonderful family. And, uh, you know, it's a, it was really a great uh, move to come here.
0: When you first came here, did you come right into this role?
1: Yes, yes. This was, uh, um, the, the person before me, really, he, he it was actually two people before me, was, uh, Rabbi, David Cohen, and he's sort of the one who created this position at the OU. And then it was in the middle, there was a, a Rabbi David Mintz had it for a short time, and then, uh, and then I took over. So, um, this position was sort of molded, created by, uh, by this Rabbi Cohen. And, uh, so it's, it's, it, the way it works is that we, have created a, a database with all the different psalchem from the OU. And, uh, so I keep that database, I update it, we, new shilas that come up. And like this, we don't have to keep, you know, every new, sh- every shiloh we have. Most of the times it's repetition. It's a very, very similar shilas over and over again. We can just access what we already have recorded and then we just send out to the mashkiach or the rabbinic coordinator, whoever's involved with the particular question, the the written response already, oftentimes they're signed, or you know, they're not signed, just you know the protocols of what the OU does in certain situations.
0: So there over the years, you've compiled a, a database of these different PSAKIM, um, and they're a combination of recordings, scanned documents, and actual answers
1: Handwritten that you have written thing, up. Sure, exactly. And then I try to... Uh, collate the information into different articles where I try to put together on um, different topics, So let's say I'm Bishalakum I'll try to put together relevant uh, you know, psaakim that we have so that they're all together in one place, so a person doesn't have to search through ten different articles to get the just to
0: uh, find the answer to the, to find the answer, exactly,
1: like this, it's all there, so you want to know you know, what is the OU uh, considered to be we have one document now that puts it all together into one um, you know, so things like that. That's why I try to work on an update to, to make things even more clear.
0: Is that the plan is that everybody out there in the field, all the rabbinic coordinators, all the Mashkichim, and everybody all over the world who are working for the OU and ensuring that there's kosher food available everywhere, everybody has one, there's one exactly, and exactly. Go, that, that's of, the rule
1: that's right instead of having every person try to figure out the halakhah themselves or ask their own local rabbi or you know might or might not agree with what Revelsky or Rev. Schechter and Rabbi Kanach have already decided for the OU we try to keep things consistent um and you know so if there's a if there's a chumrah that the OU has or a kula either way this is the consistent policy that the OU follows and companies like to know that, that this is what's being done. It's a level playing field, that we're not throwing some curve at them that you know that's, uh, other companies don't have to follow.
0: And it's going to be equal across the board. Look For a company who has a plant in New York and a plant in sure. Chicago,
1: it's the same. Same policy. That's right.
0: Very nice. So it's got to be an evolving machine, I mean, especially with the change in technology and enhancements, especially recently in the last few years. There's been like an explosion in terms of, Kosher food and kosher restaurants and options and availability. Talk a little bit about how technology plays a role in the different uh, spectrum of the OU.
1: Okay, well, you know, obviously technology. Um, one thing it does is it makes things much faster. So you know, things which uh, you know with emails and uh, you know, we we we're all connected all the time. And so you know, instead of uh, having to wait and you know get answers, we can we can get things much quicker. Uh, you know, information is is available. How things work, you know, nowadays we just Google things, you know, we don't, you know, everything's, everything's known. Um, that idea, you know, you look in a lot of the earlier writings about, um, you know, Chuvas from 100, 200 years ago, and they talk about different materials, they say, we can't figure out how they're made, what they're made of, it's a secret, you know, there are no secrets, you know, anymore. All the information's out there, you have to know how to read it, you have to know how to apply it, but, um, you know, because we have so much available information, we get better answers. We get faster answers. Um, you know, also the OU has, uh, because we have so many mashkichim, so much available resources at our disposal, things that come up, you know, oftentimes I'll call a mashkikh, I'll say, okay, you you must have dealt with this. You know, you have other similar plans like this. What what did we do? You know, if I'm not, if I'm not familiar myself, I can find out. Um, I can send out an email to three or four mashkichim. I get answers back right away. This is what we do. You know, so, um, you know, in that, in that sense, we're all we all so connected that I think, you know, the things that used to take, you know, by snail mail, you know, would <laughs> right. take if weeks an to answer, get an answer. Exactly, the Pony Express to come drop yeah, it off. That's right. Nowadays we get things much, much faster. Um, you know, with, uh, you know, with Barilan and the, uh, you know, HebrewBooks.org uh, and all these type of, you can get access to, you know, you can, you can look up Shiloh's in a matter of seconds and get, you know, ten different sources for Shiloh. Um, so that's often what we'll do. You know, a child comes up. We, I, I use, you know, these type of uh, available resources. I'll print out several chuvas that seem to deal with similar related type of shilohs to what we're discussing, and then we'll bring it into the Paiskin. We'll discuss it. Uh, we'll sit down, you know, Rebelsky or Schachter. They'll read through these different chuvas, They'll, um, you know, we'll pull out – they have other ideas of what it's related to. You know, we'll go through – and then we'll decide, you know, what, what should be the, uh, you know, how should the OU proceed in this case. So
0: th- this is not a responsibility of the OU that OU kosher takes lightly. I mean, there's oh, no. a lot of time and effort and time and, Absolutely. and studying and looking at it to see what really is the answer to the question.
1: And most of the time, there's already a chuva written on the topic. It's just a matter of refining it. So, you know, it's, it's, very few questions are going to come up that the OU doesn't have already a written response about. Right.
0: I was going to ask, how often do you get a question that right, you've but, never heard of before? No,
1: exactly. But it's more a question of... Uh, you know, another application, another there's another variable that wasn't you know necessarily directly discussed, and you know, but so the,
0: the new types of questions are those are basically gone. Well, you know, every I, once in a while somebody yeah, will have a good course. one, but. yeah,
1: yeah, no, there's never a shortage, and you know, with with tumbles that come up, there's always you know never a shortage of of you know things to discuss um you know and sometimes they just you know, even if it's something we've discussed many times in the past for whatever reason um different you know uh, the a coordinators they want something in writing addressing their specific case that they have it for their file that they know that you know if they have to take a hard line on a company they want it you know to know that this was very every aspect was discussed that it was clear this is the answer this is what we're doing and so we do that too we you know we get things in writing to make sure that things are, you know, uh, but, but, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily in any new halacha in it. It's more just to say, it was, you know, yes, we discussed it, you know, like, like a person would do in their own family, you know, if they, if they have a shiloh, even if the similar shiloh came up beforehand, they might want to just call the rabbi again, just because I want to make sure that I'm doing it a hundred, you know, without any questions in this case. So there's that too, you know, so we're, you know, the posts can each come one day a week, but the days are filled. You know, well, we a lot never of have time.
0: Are, are the shilas coming from? the field from the OU Mashkichim all over the country? Or is it even that the companies are saying, are we doing this right? How can we do this better?
1: Where where is it coming from? Uh, Excellent question. I don't deal directly with the companies um, mostly. So I'm dealing with the Mashkichim or the Rabbinic Coordinators. They might be uh, having gotten questions from um their contacts at the uh-huh. companies, but your response
0: so, isn 't changing regardless of no, those it does
1: exactly so where the questions originate you know i 'm not even always sure so sometimes it 's a back and forth you know some question Mehkiach um, brought up an issue and then he went uh, you know he he mentioned it to the rabbinic coordinator who then, you know, addressed it with the company, who then responded like this and like that, and there was a whole back and forth um about, you know, maybe the mashkiach misunderstood exactly how the machinery works, or maybe um, there was something, you know, that was not clear about, and, you know, so the companies will try to explain. They'll say, no, you know, well, the person said he felt the outside and it was hot and it was supposed to be a cold process, so why is that? And they'll say, no, it's, you know, it is a cold process. The heat that he's feeling is something else, you know, so there, there could be a whole, you know, just trying to get the you know the so Matthias you know, the,
0: the, the intricate detail and in all sure. these questions and production is unbelievable. Right,
1: exactly. Unbelievable. Um, you know, it, sometimes it's not heat from the outside; it's friction, and there is heat. And you know, the company misunderstood what we were getting at. They thought we were talking about is there any added Direct heat? heat right? Yeah, no, wow. there's no added heat with yeah, but it is hot because of the friction. So all these things and, you know, there are certain sometimes assumptions that are made because of the way the process is described and the way it, it, at other companies this is what happens and then we have to reassess, oh no, you know, the mashkiach has new information now, so we have to, you know, but that's not, that's not always something I'm more, that's something that been a coordinator would be more involved with, but, you know, then sometimes the questions trickle down to us, you know, to me and to, and to the post and, you know, right. we have to get the answers.
0: Wow, absolutely unbelievable. <laughs>
2: You know, it takes a while, so much time, till you find a way. With class and style, the higher you climb, don't forget this day. Cause you know, my child, you're my peace of mind, you're running. Free Your eyes are Clear You're one of a kind You're running wild And free As I turn out the light And kiss you Good night The darkness brings serenity As I close the door, I can't see you no more Your heart beats inside of me Cause you know my child You're my peace of mind You're running wild and free Your eyes are clear, you're one
0: listening to the Jewish Reaction right here on the Nachum Siegel Network, presented by the OU, the Orthodox Union. My name is Eli Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yachan. I'm being joined this week by Rabbi Eli Gerstein, the recorder for OU Pesach and Policy. Uh, of course, we're going to be speaking about um, questions related to Pesach and kosher for Pesach. Uh, of course, everybody's familiar with the OUP. Um, next week, we're going to be dealing with, we're going to be speaking with Rabbi Price, who's the expert on medications and vitamins and supplements. And last, we're going to be speaking with Rabbi LF, who's, the, who will speak about what's new, what's going on in OU Kosher. Um, of course, um, if you have any questions related to OU Kosher, you can always reach out to the OU at OUKosher.org. Actually, I'll tell everybody at OUKosher.org and on OU.org, there's actually a listing there of the 10 most popular questions that the OU gets related to Pesach together with the Chuvos and also of course this week I, I know that I got my copy on Friday of the new Jewish Action Magazine which comes out together with uh, the OU Pesach guide of course there's loads of information tons of tons of references and explanations and descriptions on what how and how everything works related to um, OU Kosher, of course, we have Rabbi Gersten here, but if you have any questions that you want to send in that we're going to ask to Rabbi LF in two weeks, please email the questions to Eli, that's E-L-I, at com. Eli at NachemSiegel.com. Uh, Rabbi Gersten, what are the two most popular questions that you, that you're getting from the, either from within, from the field representatives, from the rabbinic coordinators, or from the outside, specifically related to Pesach? Pesach is everybody all of a sudden becomes Uh, You know, a maven, and a need-to-know, and a wanting-to-know, rightfully, everything related to to Goshen for Pesach.
1: Right. So, one of the common questions that we get asked is about products that are not specifically certified for Pesach, whether they can be used. So, um, you know, I get get emails, you know, I I wish I knew the answers to all the questions that are sent. You know, some of them, you just can't, you know, it's impossible to know the answers. But, uh, you know, products that people, uh, you know, they, they use them so regularly, they need them, they feel, and, uh, you know, they want to know, can it be used, even though it's not specifically certified. Are we proposal. talking
0: about food items? Food, or items. Or
1: food items. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, it could be. Um, I just got an email today. Someone to know about an egg substitute. Is it kosher for Pesach? I don't even know what an egg substitute is. To tell you the truth, but hey. uh, <laughs> but okay, sure. It's some very important. Food, and you know, maybe somebody can't use eggs, and they they cook with these egg substitutes, and um, you know, is, is it fine. So I actually, I'm not, you know, I don't deal with the, you know those companies myself. But I reached out to the one of the rabbinic coordinators who deals with the egg companies. To find out, I, I haven't gotten the answer yet. So I can't, you know, help the listeners on that one. Uh, but um, these are the types of questions that we get asked. You know, uh when it comes, of course, to children, to infants, um, you know, toddlers. You know, different uh,
0: baby food, baby or formula, food formulas.
1: Of course, those not they're not certified for Pesach. They're all Kidneys, uh, at the least. You know, maybe Chometz, you know, other. You know, so if there's a need for babies to have Kidneys, you know, that's that's okay. So does
0: that uh, become a, a problem with having the Kidneys, or maybe even Chometz is still having it? In the house, sure. if there's a scenario where the baby is allowed to eat it?
1: Well, so kidney, you can have. It's not a problem of owning it, but the you can't own it. And if the baby... You know, absolutely needs it. Um, it's some sort of a medication, or something. You know, if the baby can't live without. Then there one should speak to the rabbi about how to deal with that. Sometimes you can keep it by a neighbor and uh, who's non-Jewish, and one shouldn't keep it in their house. I mean, you know, if there is no situation where you know uh, no feasible alternative, so then pikuach nefesh, of course, takes over. But um, there are ways of mitigating and and doing it lesser in a way. So. If there's an un Jewish neighbor who can hold on to it, and you could bring the child over there, and they could feed them the, the Chametz that they need. You know, so, there, you know, different options. But more often, even there's a, a non Chametz sticker option. There's maybe kidneys, but there's a non-khametz option available. Well, for a lot of the
0: baby foods, it's even it's easy enough. People don't do it because it's time-consuming and laborious, and you have to buy it. But you can even make it yourself.
1: Baby food, food is too. just pureed vegetables, Okay, often. oftentimes, right? Fruit and vegetables. Yeah. Um, you know, I uh, we discussed, for instance, uh, in the in the office, how did, uh, I think there might there might even still be in the uh, Passover guide uh, directions on how to make um, you know rice cereal for babies. So, one of the interesting things about rice cereal is because, um, you think, you know, it's just, it's just rice. You know, why do I need to, why can't I just buy it from the, over the, you know, just go into my local supermarket and buy rice flakes and make up my own. So the, the, one of the issues with that is that rice flakes are often made in the same equipment that make hummets. So they, they'll, they'll have, uh, barley flakes and other types of things. If the equipment is not cleaned out 100%, then a little bit of, you know, it might even be one part per million. Um, in the equipment, one little piece of barley flake that remains, and there is no bittl on that. So even though we know that before Pesach, there is betel, right? There, you can, you can nullify chametz if it falls in, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, chametz falls into your soup, let's say a little piece of bread falls, a little tiny crumb, and you remove it. So even though it got cooked there, um, you know, or if it liquefies, a little beer, let's say, falls into your chont, it, it could become bottle. But when it comes to dry items that are not liquid, so then, there's a concept called chayzer veneer. If I if I uh, if I make this cereal on on Pesach or on Cholomite or on Yom wherever I make it, um, there, there, at that point, that's where I'm putting it all together. I'm mixing it up. I'm diluting it. You know, I'm I'm, I'm dissolving it. There's no bittul on, on Pesach. So we do not advise people to buy rice cereals. Um, you know, these, uh, powders, you know, or these flakes, um, rice flakes. Uh, so in the, in the, in the OU guide, it used to, it could be still there, uh, directions how to make your own rice cereal. Um, uh, for a baby who needs it, it's kidneous, of course, but for, you know, for a child, it's not a problem. Uh, they're allowed to eat it. Um, so, you know, things like that. There, there's, uh, we get all types of questions how to, how to, um, you know, uh, supplements, and it's not just for infants, you know, uh, elderly people, and, you know, the the insurer-type drinks, you know, the, um, you know, sometimes it's very few items that they can actually, uh, that, you know, that they should be eating. And, you know, what are they supposed to do for Pesach? So... These are the types of questions we get inundated with and we try to answer as many as we can and, you know, try to give the best, uh, you know.
0: Is, is Pesach time the busiest time of year in absolutely. terms of that come in? Absolutely. Like When does your, your, for you, when does your Pesach season start and end? Um,
1: Pesach season.
0: I assume you're, you're heavy duty Pesach already yo, now.
1: Absolutely, yes. Uh, you know, if, In terms of the, you know, the OU getting calls in already for shadows of Pesach, you know, probably before Chaydashad are already. You're talking about
0: from, from individuals, not from companies, obviously.
1: Well, companies. Companies
0: are, there are companies who do Pesach all year round. Sure, there
1: are companies all year round, but Pesach is already almost over in the companies. I mean, if you're, you know, if your products aren't already out (laughs) in the, supermarket, you know, you, you have a problem. Yeah, you're not really producing uh, Pesach at this point. You're, you know, you're, you're shipping out. You're finishing up. So, yes, I mean, that's true that there are pay, uh, companies that are Pesach all year round and they would always have these type of questions. But for the most part, your, you know, your Pesach Isle type of products, that was made already, you know, that that's already done. Um, but those product productions have to be dealt with. And, you know, so those, those are shilas that come up, um, you know, re- over the winter time, you know, m- many months already in advance. Um, but now we deal with the shilas of, uh, you know, uh,
0: the individual bringing it into their home and what exactly do they do with
1: what it. products they can buy. They're going out now to start shopping for Pesach, and they say, "Oh no, I don't. I'm, you know, these products I cannot find." And if you live in Brooklyn, you know, you have hundreds of options. You know, right. you got many stores you can go to, and if it's not in this store, you go to that store. You know, <laughs> right across the street. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If you live in, you know, in in uh, Kansas or you live in, you know, somewhere else, you know, you, you don't necessarily have that many options. So. People try to figure out what you know what is acceptable, even if it doesn't have the pesach.
0: So going back to something you said, you said that the, in the OU Pesach guide they used to have, they might still have the how to make your own rice cereal. Right. I will tell you that one very interesting section in the OU Pesach guide uh, is actually done by Carrie Bayless, which is a a list and a description of substitute possibilities.
1: Yes, yes. You know, right. I'm
0: making this up. I don't I don't have it in front of me. You know, if you want to make cornstarch, you know, it should give you a breakdown of other ingredients that you can mix together and how much of each to make cornstarch. And there's maybe 15 or 20 of these different um, anecdotes that you can put together to create these different products based on Coach Lopez items, of course. Um... What else is going on with Pesach? What's, what's, the, what's the other question that you get a lot? Let's say maybe that the you gets a lot sure. in regard to like you know
1: Well, you know and it's really starting now and getting you know as we get closer to Pesach this travel becomes much more prominent. It's, it's cashering. People want to know in terms of their homes, um, you know, different sure. appliances they have, their, you know, dishwashers, microwaves, you know, you know all the different um you know things that they use, and you know don't want to have to go buy a new one, or you know can't afford it, or they don't have room for it, or they don't have you know, it's not practical. Um, what what can they use? What can't they use? And um, you know that's you know it's, it's uh, there's a lot of details. You know I just got called uh, today. Someone to know about cashing the uh, some machine called and uh, I might be mispronouncing it uh, Nespresso. It's the,
0: okay, so. The, I said it's a machine that makes espresso. Yeah, espresso, yeah, but it's called,
1: I think it's called the Nespresso uh-huh. machine, yeah, and, you know, they want to know about capturing it. So, sometimes we, you know, we get these type of questions throughout the year as well. Um, you know, a person might buy, uh, someone might have put in, you know, inadvertently the wrong, you know, a flavor that wasn't kosher or something in it. But for Pesach, these things become you know, that person every morning, that's how he wakes up. He wakes right. up to his uh specially made coffee. He needs it for Pesach too. He doesn't want to go out and buy another hundred fifty dollar machine. Um, is there some simple technique for koshering for Pesach? So these these questions come up again and again and, you know, we try to help, you know, I'm not, if I'm not familiar with the machine, I try to then send them to somebody else, maybe he's more familiar. You know, I, I...
0: Something that I actually thought was very interesting, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I glanced over the magazine, I haven't read it thoroughly yet. Um, of course, I'm talking about the uh, OU Pesach guide uh, for Pesach that the OU puts out every year. Um, in terms of going into like a, a Starbucks, a Dunkin' Donuts or anything like that and buying plain black coffee, that's Okay.
1: Okay, so that, that, there's a lot to discuss about that, too. Uh, obviously, you're not talking about for Pesach, okay? Pesach, one shouldn't go into any of these places and buy anything. Um, oh,
0: I, I, was, I thought I was talking about Pesach. I'm plain, oh. plain black coffee, not okay.
1: No, I wouldn't recommend on Pesach. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, Pesach. One of the chumers, like you know, we know of Pesach is there's no bitel whatsoever. So even the tiniest amount of chametz anywhere near that machine, and you can't take that chance. You can't take the chance. You know. So even though it's true, the black coffee is is, uh, you know, we know what goes in there. It's just plain black coffee, and they're putting it into a into a cup. You know, just into a styrofoam cup, and it seems all all fine. But you know they they clean the machines. They um, people aren't always aware how you clean out a machine. Sometimes you do it with vinegar. Sometimes you do it, you know, to to get rid of exactly you know to get rid of deposits and things. You know, there's just uh, you know, in terms of cleaning things, in terms of um, washing things, you know, for Pesach itself to you know to worry about. The endless amount of what you could worry about,
0: you know. <laughs> right. You don't want to add more It's what you have to worry about. So let's, let's keep the, the non stuff. Yeah, and then there's a question
1: stuff. of, you know, I, I guess one could question, you know, is there an issue of Mara going into a uh-huh. Dunkin' Donuts on Pesach? You know, what's the person going to think, you know? Okay, but like, assuming, you know, that maybe it may is clear, everyone knows you go in there just to buy a coffee. Um, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't recommend that. Um, for the rest of the year, so then, yes, yeah, so a, a plain black coffee out of a coffee, just, you know, a machine that makes just plain black coffee, generally is not a problem. Um, if you're going to buy something fancier, like uh, cappuccinos and espressos and any of these type of things, which are, um, you know, they're steam added and they're heated in separate uh, metal cups and there's all types of, that gets much more complicated as well. So
0: are these things that the OU's database has chivas on?
1: I mean, these are things that we discussed with the post They're not really, so to speak, OU suck him in that they're not it's not. It doesn't involve an OU company or an OU Right, but product. to a lot of people,
0: the OU but is viewed sure. as. Sure. So these are the things know that, it all for kosher food.
1: That's right. So these are things that we have discussed with the poskim. I mean, just bring up one side issue. You know, even which is that when you um, when you off, when you go into a uh, let's say a Dunkin' Donuts and you uh, order just a plain black coffee, the black coffee has already been made. It's just sitting in the dispenser, and they're just letting it out into a cup. Um, so that's not so problematic. If you go into one of these, you know, uh, coffee houses and you order uh, uh, one of these drinks that they have to make to order, where they, you know, prepare it right then for you. That's so. If there's any, it, it, that's it's much more complicated because you're not allowed to ask somebody to prepare for you, even if the the utensils, even if the kelayim are all what we call ene They It's been you know six months since they've used anything non-kosher in them. Um, you're still not allowed, just like you're not, if, if you were to buy that utensil, you would have to kasher it. You'd have to, you wouldn't be allowed to just use it because it's, you know, so many months since it hasn't been used. Similarly, you're not allowed to ask, even a non-Jew, you're not allowed to ask anybody to cook up or to use those utensils for you on your behalf. So if the food has already been made, like in the case of the black coffee, it's already been all prepared, you're just letting it out into a styrofoam cup. So that's that's not a problem. But in terms of asking somebody to then cook up for you, you know, some of these uh, coffees, you have to, they put it into a metal cup and they the
0: specialty drinks,
1: the specialty drinks, they prepare it right there for you. So then that becomes a that that that's much more of a problem. If the those any of those utensils ever, basically in their history ever were used in Angooshir, then you're not allowed to ask it to be made for you. So that's why um, you know the OU you know uh, sort of the policy has been again it's not a policy because it's not. Relevant to an OU product. But, you know, in our discussion with the Postkin, they um, recommended against buying those specialty type drinks unless it's a kosher certified establishment. But just the plain black coffees, um, in general, are not a problem.
0: Wow. It's unbelievable to think how much thought and <laughs> has to sure, go into yeah, all yeah, decisions it's, it's, that we all take for granted. That's right. You know, nowadays we just take it for granted. Um, Rabbi Gerson, we only have a few minutes left. So my last question to you is, um, you know, from your years of experience in doing this, and we, we're going back to a little bit when we spoke about household. Kitchen utensils and items. What are the few things that are difficult and/or can't be koshered at all?
1: Okay, so you know, the truth is, um, a lot of things that it would be better today to buy new. I mean, the Gemara talks about um, mentions one of the Amoraim. You said that he, uh, you know, he he would get new knives for Pesach. Um, even though the Gemara goes through a whole uh, you know, complicated uh, description of how you can, how you could in fact kosher, uh, kosher a knife if you need to, uh, but it's you know, he says, uh, you know, it's it, because of the complexities involved. Uh, you know, if you can get new, it's better. And today there are a lot of uh, a lot of you know complexities, even in simple items, um, pots that have a rolled rim. So that becomes a problem, you know, because now you, inside that rolled rim is an area that you can't access. So if anything... You so know,
0: hummus could have gotten in that little crack. Exactly.
1: Crevice. Things, you know, uh, overflow. Pots overflow all the time. And, you know, the, the, it's not just can, but there is. There is uh, little bits of, you know, uh, oils and goop of all types that gets underneath the rim. So if one... There is a way to kasher it, and the way to kasher that rim is with libun. You'd have to take a torch and sort of burn out that rim. So it seems like a very... But
0: at that point, it's just probably worth it. Exactly. New... <laughs> so,
1: you know, so it can be done. And, and you know, there's almost no utensil that can't be cashiered at all for Pesach. But um, the question is, how much effort is it? You know, people, you, know, you can buy a new pot. It's, you know, I, I I think most people do. They just have new pots for Pesach. They right. don't most try... people
0: probably just have separate utensils. But even things like, you know, I'm thinking out loud, like a can opener. You know, these are things that could be... Right. Conjured, but it's best if you so, have an alternative. I, I
1: mean, a can opener is really not not such a big deal. You could use, you know, if you if you clean it well, it's not it's not something that's used hot. So there's no, you know, you don't really, uh, you know, it, it just it just used to open up cold cans. It, you know, it's not really. Um, you know, much of a problem. You could rinse it off well, make sure it's clean, and you could, you know, it can be used for Pesach. Um, things that are, I would not recommend, you know, uh, you know, things like, uh, dishwashers are very difficult for Pesach. If there's a very big need, um, you know, in, in, in the, in the guide this year, in, in, as per the recommendation of Reverend Ganek, it says, Ask your rabbi if you have a need to cash your dishwasher. It's not a simple operation. And, um, so, you know, Things that are easier, uh, stovetops are much easier, okay? The, the, uh, you know, it sort of almost self cashures itself if you have a gas burner, electric burner.
0: Right. Ovens nowadays have self clean.
1: Ovens have self clean. So they've become very easy nowadays. Um, countertops, you know, it depends. If you want to just cover them, that's the easiest, the best in a way. Uh, avoid all shylas. You want to have people have fancy granite and they want to casher it, it can be done, but it's, you know, people want to you know, they want to put the effort in. You have to hit every single spot. You know, right. it's it, it becomes such it an effort. It can Man, be all all done. Man, all this
0: information is on oucouch.org yes, It's org. Yes, we have lots in of information in the guide
1: this year. Yes, absolutely. And it's There's all, lots all of information, now. and and so sometimes we get called for. You know, uh, you know, people say we read in the guide it said like this. You know, but people want they want to talk to a person. Right. They want to they want to, they want to understand it. What about this? What about this? Exactly. My situation. My you know you know. So we try to give guidance on what. We can, you know, what's good advice? And how I'll,
0: available is the OU in terms of questions and shilos from a regular person from Okay, an individual?
1: So the, you know, the the OU has a cashless hotline, and um, you know it's available from I think, nine to five. And as we get closer to Pesach, they have um, more and more people answering the phone. So you know, during the re- regular year, we have there's this one person who, um, you know, who has the phones. Um, and as we get closer to Pesach, they get two, three people answering.
0: Because the volume is Volume just keeps so
1: increasing, great. exactly. So, you know, I don't know what the wait times are like. Uh, but, you know, you can get through. It's just a matter of sometimes waiting a little bit. Um, so, uh, you know, but that's, uh, there's also the Web Areva, which, um, you know, you could, you could email your questions into the OU. And, What's uh, the, do you know that email address? I, I believe it's, uh, kosherq, as in Q as in question, kosherq at org. Uh, and, you know, so that's, uh, one way of, you know, getting the, you know, your answers. And again, you know, it, because of the call volume for the, for the WebReb, it also takes longer, but right. they have also more people working on it, and, um, you know, you might take, uh, you know, you might have, you might have to wait a day to get your answer back, so be patient with them. Uh, but, uh, well, you know, most of the questions get wow. answered pretty, pretty good a- time.
0: Incredible operation. Yeah. Uh, This has been Rabbi Eli Gersten, is the recorder of OU Pesach and Policy. You've been listening to the Jewish Reaction right here on the Nachum Siegel Network, presented by the OU, the Orthodox Union. My name is Eli Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yachad. I want to thank Rabbi Gersten for joining me today. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, Also, just a preview for next week. We have Rabbi Price, who's going to be joining us from OU Kosher to speak about medications and vitamins and um, supplements and those types of things. And then we're going to finish up with... Rabbi Elef, who's going to be uh, talking about what's new, what's up and coming uh, for OU Kosher, as well as taking any questions you may have. So please feel free to email the questions to Eli E-L-I, at nachumsegel.com. Of course, you can also go to oukosher.org. You can go to ou.org. And, of course, make sure to get the most recent edition of the Jewish Action, the OU's magazine, uh, along with the OU Pesach Guide. I want to thank everybody for joining us. And, of course, you can catch us here every Tuesday morning immediately following Nachum on JAM and the AM at 9 o'clock on Tuesday morning. You've been listening to The Jewish Reaction on NachumSiegel.com.